It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 476 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Monday, March 11th, Tuesday, March 12th, whenever you're hearing this. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Of course, make sure you're checking out the entire scope of the Locked On Podcast Network as well. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got all 30 Locked On NBA shows going strong. We've got Locked On NBA Daily with a bunch bunch of different hosts chipping in there and if you're an NFL fan for some reason all the NFL shows are deep into free agency mode so if you want to hear about the Antonio Brown trade check out Lockdown Raiders if you want to hear about Nick Foles signing an enormous deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars like the, the dumb franchise that is make sure you check out the Lockdown Jaguars podcast as well all of that is covered for you in the Lockdown Podcast Network. So make sure you're checking it out. If you find a show on the network that you want to support, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Any place you get your podcast is deeply, deeply appreciated. helps with algorithms and making us more visible and helping people discover the shows more easily. So thank you in advance for doing that. Uh, All right, let's get to today's show. The Raptors lost a game in Cleveland, 126-101, to the Cavs, their 20th loss of the season. And uh, joining me to talk about it is our pal from Raptors Republic and Raptors Internet. Uh, and I guess for this game, it might be kind of nice because I, of course, am the landlord of It's Fine Island. And over on uh, Maybe It's Not So Fine Archipelago is Anthony Doyle. How's it going, buddy? It's going all right. I, tonight's <laughs> game was... It felt like it was way too long. Yeah. I could have done with just watching one half of this. That's what I ended up doing, because I was going to come home, I was pre-recording my radio show, 
uh, during the first half of the game. I had it on and it was kind of checking it out. And just before I left the studio, the dude, uh, both Danny Green and Serge Ibaka went down with injuries. And I was like, oh, this looks great and fun. I got home, uh, my PVR malfunctioned, so I only watched like the last 16 minutes of game action. But boy, that was where all the good stuff was because there was a fight, baby. Um, oh, there's a dog. I love dogs. Um, <laughs> I am really sorry about No, that's dog. okay. No, that's no problem at all, dude. Uh, the dogs are welcome. Have the dogs come in the room if you'd like. Um, but, yeah, no, there was a fight, which is really all that matters in this game. Abaka came off the bench. Maybe he was mad that he had lost his starting job to Marcus Gasol once again. Uh, this is the narrative I'll build. He uh, got sort of armbarred a little bit by Marquise Chris at the end of the third quarter, um, which was a weird play for the Raptors to try, considering Abaka had gone down with a knee injury or something earlier on in the game. To try like a 90-foot pass in which he had to like go up and sky for it seemed a little stupid to me, but um, he got armbarred, it seemed, by Marquise Chris. No call on the play. He gets up, he kind of trips at Chris, and uh, then runs at him and starts punching him, and Chris tried to fight back. Kudos to him, because I don't think I'd want to be in the face of a Serge Serge Ibaka jab, because uh, one day that's going to kill somebody, but uh, thoughts on the fight, thoughts on uh, what's going to happen to Ibaka here, Anthony? Marquis Chris immediately regretted everything. (laughs) Um, You could see that he was, there was a, oh no, what did I do look on his face very quickly. I don't know what exactly was said between him and Ibaka, but, I mean, Ibaka was on the ground, it looked like everything was kind of done with, and then Chris seemed to say something, and immediately, Ibaka reacted, I I haven't seen him go after anybody like that, maybe all season? Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, he threw a punch, he grabbed him by the throat, Ibaka's suspension might be not a short one here. Yeah. We might be looking at five plus games. Because um, he looks like the instigator, even though Chris clearly said or did something to get. Maybe, uh, although maybe Serge just decided he didn't want to play the fourth quarter tonight. That was the last year Serge Ibaka special, right? Where he just got himself tossed when he wasn't feeling it. And I honestly can't blame him for not feeling it. It's a game against the Cavs, second night of a back-to-back, where the standings don't particularly matter all that much right now. So I, I am not going to begrudge Serge for trying to uh, get a one-way ticket out of this game. It is a bummer that we got lip-reading footage of like Steve Kerr talking about how he doesn't like Draymond Green, which we already kind of know, and we know the Warriors hate each other already, and we didn't get what Marquise Chris said to Serge Ibaka. That is disappointing. Bad camera work on the part of uh, all the camera operators involved. But, yeah, he's going to get suspended for sure. (laughs) I, uh, I think that's safe to say. He got one game for the tussle with Robin Lopez back when he first came to the Raptors in 2017. And then last year he got a game as well for throwing a punch at James Johnson, which James Johnson probably had coming as well. Um, And so, yeah, I I don't know what it was with Chris. Maybe he insulted his cooking show. Maybe he said your presentation is lacking significantly quite a bit, as we have said in our review podcast of of Serge's show sometimes. So maybe he got offended by that. But I don't know what it was. But he's going to get – he said five games – you know, he is a repeat offender, I guess, so that's going to weigh into the decision. I would say probably three? I don't know. Like, if I was to set the over-under at three and a half, are you taking the over? I think I'd 
probably take the under there just because the sus- now that I'm thinking about it, the suspensions and the Chris Paul Rajon Rondo scuffle earlier in the season were pretty light. Yeah. So that kind of set the table. I and I think that one might have been worse than this one. So mm-hmm. I I'd probably go at about three as well. But I wouldn't be that shocked if the NBA decided to take heavy handed approach. I don't know that it really matters for the Raptors. I mean, even after this game, they're three games out of first place. They're five games ahead of everybody for third place. Mm. There's 14 games left. They're going to be the second seed unless something really crazy happens. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, honestly, it might be not the worst thing to get Surge, like, four games of rest here. (laughs) It just might be roundabout load management that uh like maybe he was seeing Kawhi getting to sit every few games and was like hey hey maybe i uh want in on this stuff and i'm gonna go punch a dude and get myself some rest um oh, and, and like if we're looking for silver linings i would expect this means marcus Saul is gonna start uh going forward which i think most people have been clamoring for to be sort of the regular run of things with gasol with the starters that's been a very good lineup so far and i like how it looks and it seems to tie everything together pretty nicely um does that at least intrigue you as you know if it's going to be four straight games of Gasol starting a center i mean that's almost a third of the remaining schedule um like does that is that like a nice little server lining i guess yeah i've been a pretty strong advocate for gasol being the starter because i think you traded for Mark Gasol. You've got to try to get some value out of that trade. Jonas Valanciunas looks absolutely fantastic with Memphis thus far. But the, maybe getting him more minutes with the starters can help them figure out who Mark Gasol is a player. And that, like dumping it into the post with 10 seconds on the shot clock repeatedly for him, that's not who Mark Gasol is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you, you put the ball in his hands in the high post, early in the shot clock, you move around him, good things will happen. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, it seemed like the when they first got him, like that first Knicks game, for example, he came off the bench in that one, but that was very much what we saw. It was just like, he would get the ball at the elbow, like Norm and McCaw and Fred Van Vliet before he got hurt were just kind of like orbiting around him and then Gasol was just like picking dudes out and that's what you want and I do think with the starters maybe just like the IQ is a little bit higher to sort of play off of Gasol in a more 
sort of effective way. Like, I think Lowry and Gasol have a pretty good combination going. I think Lowry kind of knows what Gasol's about. Uh, and I even think, like, Leonard. Like, we've seen a little bit of Leonard-Gasol pick-and-roll action and stuff like that. I think that's all very nice, and I'd like to see more of that. And so, um, yeah, if Ibaka's going to be taking a few games off here for, for the probably warranted punch towards Marquise Chris's face, I, uh, I'm i okay seeing a little, a little bit more run here of Gasol at center. And even if it means, like, Gasol playing north of 30 minutes, which he hasn't done very much, and maybe you want to try to limit his exposure, but I'm very okay. Like, the more minutes you can get with that lineup right now, the better, I think. And obviously it'll lead to problems with the bench, and we can, I guess, get into what do they do to fill in for a Baca spot? Like, do you expect them to go sign somebody now to fill in that roster spot? They had to do it pretty soon here anyway. Do you expect it to be a big man now, just to sort of fill that need for four games? Or would you just expect Chris Boucher kind of gets in there, even though he looked pretty overmatched tonight uh, in just four minutes of play? But, like, he's still, there are a lot of guys that he's just not going to be able to play against. Yeah, I don't, I hadn't really thought about that. But, yeah, that is something I guess we have to think about. I, Nick Nurse seems to kind of like Siakam at the five. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at the upcoming schedule. If the next. If he's out three games, that's the Lakers, the Pistons, and the Knicks. Yeah. And the Lakers, you're fine with running Gasol and Siakam as your backup five because they love playing small lineups with either Kuzma or LeBron in there, and Siakam can post those guys up and play them down low just fine. Detroit, I worry about because Drummond and Blake Griffin might put Gasol in foul trouble early again. Mm -hmm. And... If you're running Chris Boucher or Pascal Siakam against that front court, you're you're just gonna give up so many points in the paint, and I don't know how many times we can deal with losing to Dwayne Casey in the same season. <laughs> I've accepted that's just gonna be the way of the world forever, and they'll never beat Dwayne Casey again, which I'm fine with, assuming there's no playoff. Uh, implications there, but then again, Dwayne Casey in a playoff series, uh, who, who knows? Um, that's that was mean. I don't mean that totally, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, the way that you just like detailed that upcoming schedule, I it's just everything that happened tonight, everything that's about to come with these games that don't mean a whole lot. Like, they have those two games against the Thunder coming up pretty soon, which will be fun. They play a home-and-home, which is weird and and quirky, but it'll be cool to watch. And then after that, it's just, like, nothing. It's just such a easy run of nothing teams, and teams that are probably going to be more desperate than the Raptors, frankly, because they're fighting for their right to lose to the Bucks or Raptors in the first round. Um, you know, like the Heat, the Nets, the Hornets, the Magic, like that's four straight games after this little run here. You got two against the Bulls, like it's just none of this is going to matter. And I don't know, watching Danny Green go down, I guess we can talk about that in a little bit too, but watching him go down today, watching Kyle like with a really scary sort of like free safety play, it seemed like he was trying to make, lands very strangely on his knee. I guess he left with a twisted ankle, and I guess it's heartening that he played for a little bit after he sustained that injury. I was pretty worried that it was, like, pretty serious, and then I guess, like, him being able to, like, put weight on it. He hit a three after he hit it, so I'm not, like, overly concerned about that. Um, but, like, just the way this but game Kyle, went down. Yeah, go ahead. Kyle played... Kyle playing through injuries has kind of been a thing in the past. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. If there's ever been a person you need to protect from himself, it's probably Kyle Lowry. So I, uh, it's just all of these games, like you said, they're so locked into the two seed. It would seem right now. I, I just, 
shorten the season, man. <laughs> just, this is not, there should be like an opt-out clause if you have like a certain number of games up on a team. Like you should have to play that many fewer games and you just like forfeit the games to like the bat like the Bulls and Knicks. They they can use the wins. Give them the wins and just like let the Raptors like kick around and hang out. It's just I don't know. We get to this point every year in like mid-March where it's oh, okay, there's 15 games left. The playoff races are pretty much settled even though they were kind of cool for a hot minute at the start of March. Those get sorted out pretty early and then we're just sitting here with 14 to 16 games left just kind of twiddling our thumbs waiting for the playoffs and every team is doing it. I know there's like a seeding race in the West but like even then ultimately does it really matter? It's just... I don't know. I'm feeling very gloomy about the, the meaning, game, the meaning, the meaningfulness of the regular season. I suppose. Yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. The most interesting thing I think for the Raptors right now is the race for the third seed for who they're going to play in the second round. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that's more interesting than anything about the Raptors. I just have I have such a hard time making sense of this team right now, though, because like you take the last eight games, you've got the Heat win, the Pelicans win, the Trail Blazers win. The, Celtics win, and then you've got the Cavs lost, the Rockets lost, the Pistons lost, and the Magic lost, and those four losses really sucked. Yeah, they were four of the most frustrating losses of the season for the Raptors because they were all games that like Toronto just didn't look ready to play at all, mm-hmm. and I did not enjoy any of those games. And those four wins were fantastic. Some of my favorite games of the season, all four of them. Yeah. So. What are we getting on any given night? Like, Thursday night, we play the Lakers. Which Raptors team is showing up? That is a good question. I would imagine it'll be a more ready-to-actually-play team than the Lakers, because the Lakers, uh, of all teams, seem to have checked out the most right now. Um, But yeah, it does feel... I guess I'd be more concerned if they were, like, really trying in some of these games and still losing. It just, for me, I guess the comfort comes from... When they do try, they blitz the heat or they destroy the Pelicans and like make it look like a 48-minute practice or they destroy the Celtics. So they have a really spirited game against the Blazers while CJ McCollum's going off. And it feels like the games where they're not trying or just like kind of not ready, like I don't have concerns about them not bringing it in a playoff game just because I think the dudes on the team, the Danny Greens, the Kawhis, the Gasols, the Lowrys, like they're going to bring it in the playoffs. Like I don't think they're going to have that sort of regular season malaise. And I, I really do just feel like, for the first time ever, maybe, the Raptors are realizing, like, oh, we're kind of above having to care about this shit. You know what I mean? Like, usually it's got to get that one seed, got to really go into the playoffs on our run here, got to get that chemistry looking great. And I think now they're just kind of like, yeah, we can kind of rest on our laurels a little bit because, like, we're very talented and we're going to have a first-round series that I think is going to be kind of unfamiliar in these parts because usually a first round series regardless of the seeding is like a slog but i i can't envision a first round series for this raptors team that's not a four or five game walk um but i don't know like how do you feel about like would you rather them look like look like they're trying in games they lose or just look like they did they're just kind of saying hey this is a regular season game let's not try i i really (laughs) hear what you're saying that about that and I do think there's an aspect to that. Like, DeRozan and Lowry, for all the years of their teams, always had that thing of, like, last year's monkey, they were trying to get off their back during the regular season. Mm. And, you know, last year the bench felt like they had something to prove to. You had, you know, Fred's bet on yourself thing. Um, you had Siakam and Pirtle and these guys 
who were just like trying to show that they belonged in the league. And that was a big part of the Raptors' big regular season run last year was these younger guys trying to show that they had a place in the league. And this year, you know, the new faces keep, and they keep bringing in more of these guys who just don't have anything to prove until the playoffs get here. And that, I definitely think that's there. I think my own, my biggest concern going into the playoffs is just making sure they understand who Mark Gasol is, like yeah. we were talking about earlier. Because a lot of the other stuff I'm not that worried about. And I'm not even that worried about the bench, because the bench has one easy solution. Mm-hmm. Play less of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll always have two of Lowry, Leonard, Siakam, and Gasol on the floor, and your bench is probably going to be workable. Yeah, I've kind of made this point. I think, like, there's an argument to be made that of the three biggest problems right now with the second unit, Lynn, McCaw, and Powell, like, maybe none of them play if in an ideal world in the playoffs. Like, I would be okay with an eight-man rotation in the playoffs. I, I think you can get by with that. And I think the guys who would be playing, the the Freds, the, the Ibaka, Gasol, whatever tandem, and then you throw an OG as the other guy off the bench, like, all of those guys, I think, are going to maybe understand how to play with Gasol more. I think... Honestly, so much of the trouble has stemmed from Powell and Lynn kind of having just, like, no chemistry together and them kind of being tasked with taking over the offense. And, you know, maybe not correctly because sometimes they're playing with Gasol or Lowry and they're like, yeah, right, just just go, you guys run the offense while these dudes just stand there and be the dads. Um, and, and, like, Lynn has been so bad. He was bad again tonight. A couple of weird decisions, like a weird pull-up three that he had. Uh, late in the game where it seemed like they were maybe able to make a run, but then they kind of they killed it a little bit. Um, and, like, he's just he's been such a detriment to the second unit that I just think cutting those minutes out entirely, which isn't ideal, obviously, because you brought Lynn in for a reason, but, like, if you cut him out entirely, that could just fix a lot of problems when Fred's back. And um, so that, 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 again, all of the concerns I have in regard with regards to the Gasol thing, because I agree, like, it, they need to figure out how that works and to get the best out of what Gasol brings. Because I do think what Gasol brings brings a higher ceiling to the team than what Jonas Valanciunas would have brought. But they seem to really kind of understand what Jonas was in a way that they haven't figured out with Gasol yet. So I, I agree. They definitely have to kind of work that out. But we're going to continue this conversation and wrap things up in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is my bookie. The first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year, whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first-round upsets, or all of the above. My bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy with Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? Can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? I don't know. I know nothing about college basketball, but maybe you do. And if you know the answers, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They can they have something for everyone, and even you, the multiple bracket guy who can can't decide who they want to win. Just do multiple brackets and buy Bookie, and you'll be all set. My Bookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business, and the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. Best bet with the best. Then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash. Deposit with MyBookie today with the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus with MyBookie. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right. I'm out of breath. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I don't know. Any stray... I, I do give... Sorry, go ahead. I, I, I do want to give credit to two things tonight it, with tonight's game. First of all, um, Nick Nurse, one thing I want to give him credit for for tonight's game is mm-hmm. uh, going to the zone defense in the first quarter almost worked. Right. Um, when the Raptors looked like they were... They just didn't have it tonight, and it was pretty clear that they weren't taking this game seriously. He went to the zone defense and generated a little run that got them back into it a little bit before they kind of went to the bench and everything fell apart again. (laughs) And the other thing I want to mention is, like, this has gone under the radar, but OG Ananobi has been fantastic lately. Yeah, especially on defense, dude. He's been a monster. And, like, that's so huge for this team going into the playoffs is having that third wing who could come in and be a defensive strength for the team because there's going to be playoff matchups where Danny has a rough night or Kawhi has a rough night and you need the bet you need the next guy up mm-hmm. and having OG be that guy that they can trust does mitigate a lot of the impact from how much Lynn and Norman McCaw have struggled yeah I uh I'm with you there entirely and I I think yeah his offense is still a little bit shaky once in a while when he tries for those little forays to the rim but um, like his three point shot's been way more accurate of late. I think he's like something like 43, 44% since the start of February, which is not nothing. His free throws are starting to fall a little bit too. And the defense, like I touched on this, I think a little bit last week when I wrote about uh, the Pistons game. Like he was a monster against Blake Griffin. And if you're talking about the upcoming matchup against the Pistons without Serge Ibaka, maybe OG Ananobi's a way to sort of work around that a little bit because like he is so strong that he can kind of hang with those bigger forwards while also guarding smaller guys. He can even guard point guards. like, And that unlocks so much in terms of like lineup versatility in the playoffs. Like We have the standard looks that we see all the time with Gasol or Ibaka at center, but there are still those little sort of uh, look, the lineups with like Siakam at center, or even if they want to screw around and go OG at center – like in small doses, like OG is kind of opening those possibilities up again by not being a, like kind of a ghost out there and actually actively kind of just like being in the way. Like he's like hawking passing lanes, his hands. I think that's been the biggest thing I've enjoyed watching him is like anytime there's any sort of action run near him, like he's just putting a hand in and poking the ball free with like pretty common regularity. And it's uh, it's like cool to see him kind of add that to his. Like just the active hands, the IQ, like it's just all kind of building, and he's become just like this really, really good defender. And yeah, I agree. It just it makes them a lot more dangerous. It makes the, them a lot more deep, and it helps mitigate the nothingness they've been getting from Powell and Lynn and McCaw late. The Powell thing's weird. Like what? It's like he's had a couple nice games. He had four assists against the Heat. He looked pretty good against Miami, but like. Do you have any idea of, like, do you have any theories as to why Powell's fallen off a cliff, like, pretty much since Lynn came to town? Like everybody else who has been a Raptor in the last six years, he looks <laughs> great when he plays with Kyle Lowry. True, yeah. Um, it, like, when he plays with Kyle, he seems like he doesn't try to do too much, and he seems like he lets the game come to him most of the time. Sometimes, for some reason, we have Lowry spotting up in one corner and Siakam spotting up at the other corner and Norm going to work at the top of the key. And that never makes sense to me. But when Norm is playing off ball and letting Lowry run things, 
he he has a role to play. He mm-hmm. fits in that spot, and that helps him at both ends of the floor. It feels like. Yeah, that's a good point. I've always found Norm is much better when he's just the dude the ball is swinging to, and he can kind of take advantage of like a shifting defense, right? I mean, that's the the that's the classic Norm that broke open that Buck series, right? And I guess Lynn is not quite the. I guess having Lynn on the court playing with him so much, maybe that sort of allows or like tempts Powell to kind of do more himself because maybe Lynn's just not the same guy as Lowry when it comes to sort of setting dudes up and putting them in, in the best positions to succeed. And I feel bad railing on Lynn so hard because he's so new to it all. And it seems like he's actually kind of having a hard time adjusting to not playing in like a crazy structured system where it's like, oh yeah, Kenny Atkinson is the dad of the the Nets because they don't have anybody who's like an adult running the offense on the floor. So he's just going to call everything. Same thing happened with Lloyd Pierce. And now he's playing on a team with adults and a coach who's just like, yeah, like I trust you, go do your thing. And it seems like he's kind of maybe got that in his head a little bit. I'm not sure what it is, but um, it's definitely noticeable that him that him and Powell just have not synced up in any way that is encouraging whatsoever. I think with Lynn and Gasol, there's a, it's, they're both trying to prove themselves almost, it feels like, on the court. Mm-hmm. Like, Gasol is trying to prove that he can make everything easier for everybody else. So often out there you see him turning away good shots for himself to try to get another guy going who's struggling at that moment. Because Gasol seems to have this attitude that it's like, I can get going whenever I need to. So let's get Norm going. Let's get Lynn going. Let's get McCaw going. Let's get whoever else is out there beside me going. And my shot will be there when it needs to be there when we get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he, he's just got to take those shots. He's mm-hmm. got to get his himself going. And Lynn's completely at the other end of the spectrum. Lynn's trying to force his own game so hard that he's actively hurting everybody out there. And, like, I know driving to the basket and creating his own shot is a lot of what made Jeremy Lynn the player he is in the league, but the Raptors don't need him to be that guy. Mm -hmm. They just need him to, you know, when it's there, take it, and other times trust the guys around him because there's so much talent around him. Yeah, it's a good point. And hopefully he can kind of get it back on track here. Because, like, I don't want a world in which Jeremy Lin's not playing in the playoffs. It'd be cool to see him play in the playoffs. He can bring value. But at this point, I am leaning towards the side of just, like, cut those minutes out entirely and just give them all to Kyle and Fred and, I guess, Danny Green. Uh, Assuming Danny Green's okay. Here's hoping. I guess we'll get some reports coming in tomorrow as to whether or not the the, the 17 guys who got hurt tonight are going to be okay going forward. Um, just uh, wrap them all in bubble wrap, man. They could lose every game from I, here on out and still be the fifth best team in franchise history. <laughs> I don't I, care. I was, I was thinking to myself just like yesterday that I can't remember the last time Kyle looked this healthy in March. Yeah. And then he tweaks an ankle today. Yeah. On, like, a very scary-looking play, man. I was freaking out for a sec. And and not just he looks healthy like his shots are falling. He started driving to the basket with force again. Mm-hmm. And that was something that he basically hasn't done all season. And all of a sudden, it's there, and that's huge for the team. And, I mean, Kyle just looks like he's having fun. He looks like he recognizes how good this team is, mm-hmm. how real this team's chances in the playoffs are this year. And that's brought out a new level in his play most games tonight he wasn't quite the same forceful presence although 
I mean, he had 14 points on eight shots, and yeah. five rebounds, and six assists. Yeah, the, the three-point percentage slowly creeping back up towards, not like Kyle levels, but respectability at least. And uh, he's been he's been really, really good for quite a while now. So that is uh, hopefully the, the, the ankle with him. Assuming it's an ankle. I thought it was a knee when it first happened, but I'm not a doctor, so... Um, I guess they know better, but yeah, hopefully they are careful with him. I wouldn't mind him sitting out a couple games, although him sitting games usually is like the way to get his flow screwed up. So I don't even know, <laughs> but I, I'm just, yeah. I'm just seeing now that apparently Siakam hurt his shoulder or neck too. Really? At some point during this game. I didn't even see that. What is that? Uh, what's, is there like. Ryan, Ryan Wolstat's reporting that. So. Apparently, it's Kyle and Danny and Pascal. Good stuff. So, Good you know, six, stuff. Six, <laughs> 60% of the starting lineup got hurt in the game against Cleveland in March. Great. I mean, I, I guess no one got horribly injured, so that's nice. <laughs> Hopefully, that can hold off. Just end this shit. Get me to the playoffs, man. I'm so ready. <laughs> this is stupid. We, we should just start, like, Lynn, Norm, McCaw, Boucher, and, I don't know, sign somebody else to play center and just play them 48 minutes for the rest of the season. Yep, I'm down for that. Again, they could lose every single game and still have the best, fifth best record in franchise history, so I'm all set. Maybe get to 50 and, and wins, and that's it. <laughs> if they lost every game from here on out, they'd be, what, the five seed maybe the six seed uh like, they'd probably be the five yeah, maybe the four i don't know like i don't know the math on how where these teams are headed but uh, yeah it wouldn't be that bad no like yeah like the celtics could go seven and eight and still not be past the raptors so yeah just just screw it just pack it in <laughs> and like you could still beat the garbage bulls and Knicks without very good players anyway. So I don't know. It's I'm, I'm very I over the regular season. Porter, the auto Porter bulls are weirdly kind of maybe not awful. They're a little frisky. I like it. It's uh they have like I, actual I, players and Larry Markinen's dope as hell. I've always been an auto Porter fan, so I'm happy yeah. to see him doing well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I it, it's weird. It's like the new lottery odds have made the bad teams actually kind of want to win late season games because they want to see what they have moving towards next year, and they've realized that finishing fifth last and finishing last really isn't that big of a difference anymore. So it's Phoenix is trying to win games now. Cleveland's trying to win games. It, it's really weird because these are the teams that in previous seasons would have, would be just going all out to do everything they could to avoid winning. At this point, okay, this is the part of the year where it'd be like automatic win season against any team in the bottom ten, right? And yeah, like this was like a perfect win for the Cavs. It was fun. It doesn't really screw up their odds all that much. Sexton had twenty eight on ten of eighteen. Like that's that's what you want, I think. It's like an ideal tank loss or tank win, I guess. Like beat a really yeah. good team you're not supposed to beat, and you're not losing any ground to like the Bulls or the Knicks or other teams you're in competition with. You get a cool signature win. In a season with a few of them, and uh, you get some nice performances from young guys, and also Jordan Clarkson. So um, that's that, that's good, I suppose. So so maybe the new lottery odds are working. Yeah, that that's huh. I didn't even think about it that way. It's so nice to not have to care about lottery stuff. That is nice. Um, 
Speaking and, of, and now that yeah. pa- Pascal Siakam is a budding superstar, we won't even have to worry about that if Kawhi <laughs> Also true. Um, <laughs> yeah, that stuff we'll all worry about uh, down the road. And that stuff I'm going to worry about when I'm back from vacation because I'm going to be gone for the rest of the week, everybody. Just a heads up. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing now here. Uh, just so everyone knows, I'm not going to be doing any pods the rest of the week. Vivek is probably going to jump in with one or two later in the week, so please stay tuned for those and listen to Vivek. He does a very good job when he hosts the solo ones by himself without me, and uh, he's a, a great uh, person to rely on when I want to go gallivant around the mountains for a week. So I uh, stay tuned for some Vivek stuff down the road. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Uh, where, do people, where do people find you, and do you have anything to plug? I'm always writing at Raptors Republic, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at at Anthony S.M. Doyle, and um, had a piece this week that I wrote about Pascal Siakam's case for most improved player that or that came out Thursday, I believe, last week. I'm doing the recap for tonight's game, and then I'm going to be doing some more game coverage later in the week. I'm not terribly looking forward to writing this recap, but <laughs> has to be done. Have yourself so, a good time. Uh, I will be on a plane in like seven hours going to Banff, Alberta. My second time in Alberta in a month, because why not? Um, and, uh, yeah, so thanks for coming on the show, man. Much much appreciated. Follow Anthony. Anthony's great. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Su- support the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, ratings, reviews. They're very, very helpful and nice. And uh, I will talk to everybody next Monday, probably, when I'm back. Uh, but stay tuned once again for Vivek's shows later in the week. And uh, we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.